and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here on another thrilling Thursday morning, friends, for Torch Report 427. It's going to be a very provocative, a thought-provoking Thursday morning as we assess the threats of wildfires. Now, there's been so much news about wildfires lately, I think it's it's just, it's way too much just to be coincidence. So we're going to get into that today here in a bit. We've talked about it before, the Canadian wildfires and all that, but this specifically is is what's happening in Hawaii. Now, did you hear about what was happening in Hawaii? You probably have, I'm guessing, because it was tragic. You know, there were people jumping into the ocean to flee the fastest, most ferocious wildfire ever unleashed upon the islands. Now, I have to tell you, friends, I lived in Hawaii for five years, and, and one of my favorite towns to visit while I was living in Hawaii was the historic town of Lahaina. Lahaina town. Bra- oh, cause you got to go over there to Lahaina. Now, Lahaina was just scorched to the ground. And it's sad to me. You know, I've walked those streets. I've, I've enjoyed browsing the shops, grabbing a drink, soaking up the unforgettable Lahaina sunsets. People come from all around the world to visit Lahaina because of the remarkable sunsets. And anyway, that was then and this is now. Now, now Lahaina is a, is a wasteland. It's just been laid bare by the worst wildfires ever. And yesterday, as all this news was coming out, I'd spent some time digging into it. Uh, You know, unsurprisingly, of course, there was a great deal of hype. You know, all these shock and awe headlines like, oh, my gosh, it's apocalyptic. People are jumping into the ocean to flee the wildfires. You know, patients are overwhelming the hospitals. Wildfires are destroying the historic tourist town. People are fleeing. Again, it's just crazy. It's apocalyptic and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, thousands of people are racing to escape. And my friends, I just cannot, I cannot imagine anything more alarming than this, this, this terrible wildfire. Now, (laughs) I'm only partially being sarcastic here. You know, to be fair, I don't, I don't intend to make light of the plight. You know, those people who are there who are suffering through this devastating ordeal, they deserve some compassion. As of this morning, there have been uh, at least 36 people killed in the fire. Hundreds of homes and businesses have been lost, and those losses are real, and and they're very unfortunate. So uh, I want to just extend my condolences and sympathies there. But, you know, also unfortunate is the way that this is all being spun, right? I mean, never let a good crisis go to waste. So from the Seattle Times this morning, we have, you know, quote, The fires were fanned by strong winds from Hurricane Dora passing far to the south. It's the latest in a series of disasters caused by extreme weather around the globe this summer. Experts say climate change is increasing the likelihood of such events, period, end quote. Dun, dun, da. You know, can't you see? The experts say that this extreme weather is being driven by climate change. And, you know, of course, along with the latest series of disasters that are ripping around the globe this summer. And, you know, it's the hottest summer ever recorded on Earth. I'm sure you've seen the headlines, friends. And now, mind you here, all of this is according to the science. 
the series of disasters, the extreme weather caused by climate change, uh, the hottest summer ever recorded on Earth. It's all according to the science. And unless you doubt me on that, or if you doubt the science itself, I did put a screenshot of Scientific America right here in the report. Friends, uh, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know you just have to go over to thetorchport.com. Check out Torchport 427. You'll see this spiffy here uh, screenshot from Scientific America. It's all scientific like that and it says July 2023 is the hottest month ever recorded on planet Earth. Now then. <laughs> oh, friends, one need not be a rocket scientist to poke holes in the remarkably absurd assertion that this is the hottest month ever on planet Earth. So I'm going to just refrain from being snarky here in order to make the bigger point. The bigger point to me in my mind is that most sim- most people, you know, they simply accept this bogus science. They, they, they believe what they're told, especially if what they're being told is repeated ad nauseum through every conceivable channel of modern communication, right? So this is precisely why propaganda works as well as it does. It works miracles on the mindset of the minions. So... That said, you know, being the exceptionally curious peasant that I am, I'm not really willing to take this story at face value because there are some things that just they really don't add up to me. And it's been driving me nuts. So first of all, you know, all of this hype about wildfires, it's just been relentless since it started. Oh, my gosh. You know, in here in Washington state, oh, we're, we're at the epicenter of the wildfires, of course, the worst wildfires ever in Canada and, and all over the Europe and, and everywhere. And so. All the hype about wildfires being so relentless, it causes me to pause and question the intention of the narrative here. What's really going on? We looked at some articles previously about where wildfires block out the sun and help cool the earth. Hmm. We've talked a lot about the radical climate cult and all that. Hmm. The convergence of capacity intent and intent. Hmm. Now. Second of all, and perhaps, you know, yeah, more specific to Maui, all of this uh, has the trappings of shock and awe distraction. Of course, all these apocalyptic headlines, people fleeing into the sea, that is perfect shock and awe distraction. I mean, who cares about Joe Biden illegally wheeling and dealing with the Chinese Communist Party when people are fleeing into the ocean, right? I'm sure you get my point. Now, Think about who is drawn to this climate crisis narrative. It would, of course, be the heavily conditioned minions of the climate cult uh, who typically lurk on the left. And then, of course, the uh, those poor, impressionable youth who are suffering through their final years of assimilation at state indoctrination centers all across the country. Those are the people that would be drawn to this narrative. Right. And of course, this is the very same group of people who will be voting for Joe Biden in 2024. Uh, Those who I affectionately refer to as the useful idiots. But the useful idiots, oh my gosh, they see that Maui is burning, Maui's up in flames, and people are fleeing into the sea. And, oh, we're destroying the planet. We need to depopulate. We got to reduce the human, we got to invest to reduce the human population. Uh, Raise your hand if you want to be reduced. (laughs) Anyway, friends, I don't believe it's just a coincidence. Uh, you know, that the useful idiots are being inundated with this climate crisis, all these headlines about Maui, at the exact same time, 
that the Biden administration, uh, Biden himself, has been caught red handed laundering millions of dollars from the CCP through all these various foreign nationals and a complex web of shell companies and all that crap. Joe Biden is the epitome of an old, rich, white guy, a corrupt politician, and everybody on the left should be able to see that, except they got their heads buried up their ass. Never mind that, friends. I don't think even if they did pull their head out to see what was going on, it would change their votes anyway. But I'm just saying it's not a coincidence that they're not getting that news. They're not getting the news of Biden corruption. What they're getting is, you know, Maui's up in flames. So... Let me take a back step back here for a second and, and let's get back to these wildfires on Maui. Like I said, something does not add up. It just does not add up. And I read lots and lots of articles on this. I want to share a little passage from the Associated Press. They say, quote, fueled by a dry summer and strong winds from a, pa- uh, a dry summer and strong winds from a passing hurricane. The fire started Tuesday and took the island by surprise, racing through the parched growth and neighborhoods in the historic town of Lahaina, a tourist destination that dates to the 1700s and is the biggest community on the island's west side. Okay, great. You know, oh, strong winds from a passing hurricane, dry summer, parched land. All right. Those who are squawking. There's a lot of talking heads squawking about how this whole fire was being fueled by a strong hurricane. Friends, it's bullshit just to call it like it is, okay? According to the Honolulu Star Advisor, which is perhaps the most reputable local newspaper, the the, the Star Advisor, as of Tuesday morning, had had an article out saying that Hurricane Dora was about 700 miles south-southwest of the islands. And it was moving westward uh, at approximately 23 miles per hour. So the, the, on Tuesday morning, Hurricane Dora was 700 miles south-southwest and moving a f- a further away from the islands. Okay, The storm had already passed well south of the islands before the wildfires broke out. I did put the screenshot of the... Uh, of the headline there, Hurricane Dora passes well south of Hawaii. That came out on the you know the morning of August eighth. Now, a critical point. This is, this is a critical point because the narrative is that the the fire started early Tuesday and then they spread with frightening speed because of the winds from Hurricane Dora. But that's not possible, given the following set of facts. Uh, you know, and I put another. You know, Dora remained a Category Four hurricane. Just before 5 p.m., it was located 700 miles south of Honolulu. Uh, and it goes on to say the hurricane force winds only extended 30 miles from the center. So that would be, you know, 670 miles short of the islands. And then it says the tropical force winds only extend up to 115 miles away. Really? So that's 585 miles away. The hurricane was 700 miles south of the islands. The hurricane winds only extended 30 miles from the center. Tropical storm force winds only extended 115 miles from the center of the storm. And so simple math and common sense say that the storm force winds from Hurricane Dora were still, you know, some 600 miles away, too far away to affect the Maui fires. Fact. You know, and to claim otherwise would be like saying a tornado in Texas was kicking up winds in Georgia, just to kind of give you a, a spatial reckoning there. It's simply not true that the hurricane winds from uh, the winds from Hurricane Dora were affecting the island. That's not true. Now, 
Uh, that's not the only that's not the only thing that doesn't add up about that story, though. So as I was scouring dozens of articles looking for some indication into what actually started the fires, the word was mum. All yesterday, I looked every time I looked, there was nothing out about what started the fires. There was no explanation for it. And to me, that was the chance the media was taking to whip up their story. Well, how are we going to spin this? Of course, climate change. But what caused it? They still have nothing. So two days later. You know, the word's been mum, but two days later, the explainer, or, you know, explainer, how did the Hawaiian wildfire start? For all the useful idiots out there in the world who only soak up the spoon-fed drivel, the, the answer is something like this. The causes of the fire have not yet been determined, but it's all about climate change, climate change, climate change. So... The uh, record-setting heat this summer has contributed to unusually severe wildfires in Europe and Canada, and scientists say that climate change, driven by fossil fuel use, has led to more frequent and more powerful extreme weather events. Oh my gosh! Now, that's coming straight out of U.S. news today. So... Obviously, people want to know how the strategy is getting started. And obviously, the mainstream media is up to the task of feeding them full of bunch of crap. But here they're claiming the fire started on Tuesday night. Okay, that article from US Night says the fires which started Tuesday night, the determination of causes has not yet been determined. Now, that's after the hurricane passed and that as of today, you know, the cause hasn't been determined. I just find that very interesting. What do you mean? You know, a small historic town gets torched to the ground. People are jumping into the ocean to escape the flames. Dozens of people are burnt alive and nobody knows how it happened. I mean, come on, you know, at the best, the best they can do is blame it on climate change and a hurricane that is 700 miles away. Call me crazy, friends, but I'm not buying it. Someone knows how this fire started. You look at the satellite footage and it just basically torched the town to the ground. But all around the town, there's no wildfire. Hmm. So the U.S. News article there, it does accurately acknowledge that 85% of wildfires are caused by humans. But they couldn't resist pushing their cult narrative, you know, record-setting heat and all that kind of stuff. Scientists say climate change is driven by fossil fuel use. Lies. Never mind that, you know. Uh... Somehow, you know, this record-setting heat and unusually severe wildfires in, in Europe and Western Canada, you know, naturally, that's what caused the horrific destruction of a historic Hawaiian village. Naturally. I mean, of course, that's the only thing that makes sense. It must have been climate change. And you know, anyway, that's the mainstream explanation, you know. And so now you know everything you need to know. No need to ask any pesky questions, right? No need to, to, to wonder, why does the before and after footage from Lahaina show green standing trees in parks right next to where the inferno had consumed the town? You look at the pictures there, and I put, there are a lot of pictures in the article today, and the report today, friends, because I want you to see it. Look at it. You just, what is with this? You know, this is a wildfire but the wildfires only contain to the little strip of houses right between the ocean and a nice green park. How does that make sense? Those pictures come from CNN, by the way. And, you know, they described in that article as if parts of Maui look like they had been bombed in a war. And I agree. That's what it looks like. Like totally flattened. You know, it's crazy. So 
you know, as I was looking at that and I was thinking, you know, a lot of houses in Hawaii are stucco or brick. You know, it's kind of a common kind of st- construction over there because, you know, the stone type houses, are, they hold up better to the hurricane force winds and the tropical rains and the salty ocean air and all that. Not all houses are made of stone, but certainly lots of them are. That's what I was thinking. And I mean, evidently the ones in that picture were not because they were burned to the ground. But um, anyway, it was just something I was thinking about. And then we'll get to some more pictures of stone buildings here in a minute. But what another question, you know, probably no one or very few people are going to ask is, how is it possible that these fires were being fueled by winds from a hurricane 700 miles away? They say it was so bad because these big winds from this hurricane that was 700 miles away uh, was, was fanning the flames, fueling the flames. Okay, that's fine. How is it possible that the smoke was still going straight up? Take a look at the pictures of the fires in Lahaina. You'll see that the smoke was going straight up even though we're being told the hurricane force winds from 700 miles away were fanning the flames. It doesn't add up. So take a look at the pictures. See it with your own eyes. Aerial view, street view, the smoke is going straight up. And by the way, you start looking at the pictures and there's all of these burnt vehicles just scorched. And so what's with all these burnt vehicles, you know? And I put a couple of pictures of the burnt vehicles in there and I just, you know, I'm going to toss this out to the listening audience, the reading audience, friends. If you can look at these pictures and explain to me how a, a wildfire could miraculously leap from a, a scorched stone building across the barren asphalt of Front Street, Lahaina, and ignite a fire in a nearby vehicle, a fire that was hot enough to utterly gut the car. Explain to me how that happened. Where's the fuel? You hear what I'm saying? Where's the fuel? It doesn't make sense. That's not a natural fire pattern. So let's go ahead and zoom out just a little bit here. Zoop! Going way out for a minute. Uh, Looking at that last picture, you can see all the green hills. You can see, you know, all kinds of natural land around the town not burnt by the wildfire. But you see lots of scorched cars. And looking at that last picture of the burnt car... It reminded me of some other images I've seen cropping up recently of scorched, burned out cars, specifically as it relates to electric vehicles catching fire. Now, I did put a couple pictures of electric vehicles catching fire. Uh, There are millions of pictures out there. And if you look at those pictures and then you look at the cars in Hawaii, they look remarkably similar. I'm just saying that looks the same, similar to me, you know, but what the hell? I'm just an ignorant peasant. I could just be seeing things. So that said. Friends, it did make me curious. Hmm. How many electric vehicles are there in Maui anyway? Are electric vehicles common or are they not common? Hmm, I don't know. So I did a little looking and I was not surprised to find that the liberal Hawaiian islands are actually all in on electric vehicles. State EVs, you know, that the, uh, are picked up through statewide contracts. So all the state vehicles are e- going EV. Maui has welcomed up, you know, six electric buses. There are EV charging stations recently installed at the Lahaina Civic Center and the Aquatic Center. Two different charging stations in Lahaina alone. How about the electric sea glider network for people in freight being explored in Hawaii? Regent, this company, announcing this electric sea glider and all that. Friends, You know, in the interest of time, I just want to point out here that there is ample opportunity for any of these state EVs or these new charging stations or or these electric buses to spontaneously combust and burst into toxic flames and create a fire that is much, much, much hotter 
than a fast-moving wildfire. And I think given the pictures and given the evidence, that seems at least as plausible of an explanation as the mainstream narrative. Now, I did start digging into that electric sea glider story, and there, I think there's more there. I don't have time for it today, friends. Only to find out the companies behind it are 100% globalist corporations. Put links in there. You can check out, see what I mean. You know, all this said, friends, you know, it, it, we understand why they're putting the intentional uh environmental spin on the Maui fires, right? I mean, that's the whole one agenda to rule them all. And of course, oh, it's all about climate change and climate change and climate change. And the cause of the fires couldn't have anything to do with the electrification of the island. Or, you know, come on, that doesn't make sense, right? And all of this is happening, of course, the WHO is talking about wildfires are a reminder of the urgent need for them to take control of the entire world. And the United Nations is parroting the same talking points, saying that we're going to see more wildfires and they're going to be more frequent and they're going to be more intense. And we might even get a 50 percent increase in extreme fires by the end of the century if we don't sacrifice ourselves to the global cabal. Friends, I'm sure the electrification of society will have nothing to do with these rapid spike in increasingly extreme fires, you know? So I guess what I'm trying to say today, friends, is when it comes to assessing the threat of wildfires, the global narrative is really all you need to know. (laughs) And if you'll buy that, I'll throw the golden gate in free. Friends, that is the message of my heart for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to the website, find the heart, click the heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already and of course the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know get out there and embrace this thrilling thought-provoking thursday and i'll look forward to talking to you again soon